It's great. So every week, so here's what we're doing. Yes, we're showing movies, clips from movies, because here's what we're doing. We're showing some Christmas movies, and when we're taking biblical truth, and we're just applying these biblical truths to uh, to us and what it is and how it is that we should live. So we believe that Christmas time is a great opportunity for us to first and foremost talk about God coming into our world, invading our space with his plan. We believe that we're going to talk through those things. We also love Christmas. So we're going to talk about Christmas movies and show different scenes. And, and as you saw from this, just home alone clip, okay, just up front, uh, maybe some of you found yourselves at Thanksgiving in some of these moments, right? You're like, i Maybe, hopefully you didn't call your family jerks. Hopefully you didn't have to sleep on the third floor. Hopefully you're not sleeping with the cousin who pees the bed. But maybe you found yourself in that story of not really liking family. Not really liking the situation you found yourself in. Not really liking the people that you've been around. Again, as we're talking, and as we've been talking the last eight weeks with Moving Mountains. Man, we, we have to be people that respond well. When life throws us things. So we're not talking about decisions we make. We're talking about what happens when life happens and they're not decisions we've made. It's just life happened. People did something. You didn't do something. People did something. And you got to be a person that, how am I responding? Now, I believe if you are questioning like how you respond and you think you're in a good place, this is my personal belief. Go on a road trip. Drive. You find out real quickly where your heart is at when you drive, right? Because people are stupid. (laughs) We're driving through Dallas yesterday and just FYI, like years ago, when we were in this decision to plant life community, we were in this season of, of transition and figuring out what God had for us. And we had an opportunity to actually to move to Dallas. And so every time that I'm drive through seeing my sister in, in that area, I think about Frisco, Texas. I think about McKinney. I think about uh, Southlake, an opportunity. And I actually have a friend in my life that called me during this time in 2010 and said, hey, listen, I know you're considering this. I know that this is a place that maybe you've even visited and you've heard great things. Because I know you and because I know the pastor there, I'm just letting you know this isn't something you should do. Like, as your friend, I'm letting you know this isn't a, a, a place that you should go. And I'm always reminded that. Have you ever put yourself in a moment where you've, you've thought about how life would have been different if you would have done A? Or how life would have been different if you would have gone this direction or made that decision? Like, because the decisions you and I make, we, they really matter. Like, I don't, I don't know so many of you if I'm living in Dallas. In fact, I would say there's not many of you that I know. Handful, but our relationship's never the same. Our life is never the same. All in just saying it's time for us to move and we're going to Dallas. But I have a friend named Jeff Dio who says, listen, this isn't where you're supposed to be. God's got a different plan. As I'm driving through between 7 and 9 a.m. coming home yesterday, it was so peaceful. Nobody's really on the road. Everybody in the car is sleeping. It's very peaceful. About 10 o'clock, 1030, traffic. Welcome to Texas. Everything is bigger in Texas. Yeah, it is. It is bigger in Texas. All right. 
and it's bigger in Texas. So is the traffic. So about 1030, 11, people start coming out, which means crazy starts coming out. So it's not how do you respond between the seven and nines in your life? How do you respond from the 1030 on? How do you respond when traffic gets crazy, people get crazy, life starts happening, and now all of a sudden you have to make decisions? This is where we find the story in Luke 1. First and foremost, the Bible says this in the very beginning. Luke is writing, he says this, Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning. I also have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. All the Gospels have an account from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Luke is writing from a perspective. And one of the perspectives that is so interesting from Luke is how he identifies and talks about women specifically, but more importantly, Mary. That as he talks about it, first he calls her by name and he's telling her personal story. Luke is seeing from a perspective that is a little different than the other Gospels. And here's why. He wants us to see how Mary responds when life isn't going according to plan. And this is so important for us. Because you and I get the guilt, the shame, the things we do, the mistakes we make. We understand those. We even can own those. Like I can own the fact that I was a jerk and I can ask for forgiveness. I own the fact that I made a bad decision and this is the consequences. I can't own the facts when life happens and it's out of my control. I had this plan and then this happens and I can't control it. I don't understand it because you and I are praying. We're hoping that life is not made up of random. We want to know there's a purpose. There is a reason. And this is where Mary is at. It says this in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, the very first thing that the Lord says to Mary is comforting for us. It's comforting for us because what he's about to tell her is going to rock her world. She's about to get the news that will rock her. It will change all plans. All plans will drastically change. And so he wants her to know up front, the Lord is with you. You might receive news that will rock your world. You might receive some of the worst news from the people you love the most. Know this up front. The Lord is with you. Do not ever forget That the Lord is with you. And what else does he do? He says to her, highly favored woman. He says to her, you are favored. He says to her, I've recognized how you've lived. I recognize how you've dedicated your life. I recognize in the silence, as Casey was just talking, in the silence of it all, you dedicated your life. I recognize that. The Lord is with you. And then Mary, this is where some of us are at. I know I'm usually here. Confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. See, I love this. This this is real to me. This isn't Mary on a pedestal. Luke is saying, listen, Mary is like any of us. There's moments in your life where you get news 
You hear something from across the table from a person who's never said what they're about to say. And maybe it's, hey, we're moving a different direction. And you're losing your job. Maybe it's, I want a divorce. Maybe it's the worst phone call you've ever gotten in your life. And it's that someone has passed away. It says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Then he unveils the plan. This is not her plan. This is God's plan. This is not what she chose. This is what God chose. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this be? I am a vir- how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age, which is a miracle. People used to say she was barren. But she, was conce- she has conceived a son is now in her sixth month for the Word of the God will never fail. See, you learn a lot when life changes. When life changes, this is where we discover who we are. Check out this second clip. Dinner's any good? I don't know. I'll give him a whirl. For the kids. Hold on, I got a coupon for that. It was in the paper this morning. 1983. Okay. Are you here all by yourself? Ma'am, I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. Where's your mom? My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. What about your brothers and your sisters? I'm an only child. Where do you live? Uh, I can't tell you that. Why not? Because you're a stranger. See, I think we, we think that we find or discover ourselves when life is smooth and we're in control. But I think when the unexpected happens, that's when we discover who we are. When the unexpected happens, we have nothing to compare it to. When the unexpected happens, we lose all control and we find out in this moment, who do I trust? But when the unexpected happens... We also have to understand that we grow 
in this season when the unexpected happens. See, we avoid these situations. We avoid these moments. See, in this moment, Kevin thinks that his family actually disappeared and that he was responsible for that. There's moments in our life where we actually think we're in control. There's moments in our life where we actually believe that we are the one that are controlling these things. This isn't the case. When the unexpected happens, this is when we discover who is in control. And listen to what I'm about to say to you. We either fight that or we go with it. Like those are our two choices. We either fight it and we're kicking and screaming and we respond in a way of like, this isn't fair. We respond in a way, why, why did I, why does this happen always to me? We say some of the most dramatic things in these moments when the unexpected happens. Be careful not to compare your life when the unexpected happens. Here's what we find out. In these moments, God has a plan, and that plan is so unique, it's just for you. This is when you find out, like, wow. See, see here's, here's what I've discovered. This is me personally. When I fought it, I've looked to other people to compare my life so that I could become like them. When I haven't fought it, I've come to the realization that God is for me and not against me. That God does, has a pl- does have a plan for my life. And because he has a plan for my life, I can trust him with that plan, especially when it doesn't make sense. Where are my logical people at? You're trying to find logic in the mystery of God. You're going to be frustrated. You guys, personally, there are so many things I don't understand why. I don't understand this side of earth. I probably never will. So I either fight that or say, God, I trust you. And listen, I grow because now I'm having to do things that I would have never done before unless the unexpected happened. I'm remembering in May of 2010 as the trial for the Coleman case was in full force. And this trial was happening And I remember saying to one of our other friends, did you ever picture that we would be in this moment? This moment of having to grieve not only a friend and her kids that were lost, but now having to testify and having to be in court and now having to be in this moment. But the connection, the bond that happened with the three of us that were testifying every day at court, being there every day, being in this situation, there was a relationship that grew out of this tragedy. And I think as a church, we understand this. We don't wish tragedy, but God has best in tragedy. We don't like this. You know why we don't like this? Because we want it to be this, right? We want it to be like this. And when the unexpected happens, this is when we discover, would Kevin have ever shopped by himself without his parents leaving? Probably not. Is this just a movie that was made 30 years ago? Probably Is there parts of it that are very similar to my life? Absolutely. Why? Because you are discovering who you are in the middle of your unexpected. If you're not discovering it, you're fighting it. And if you're fighting it, then you're probably fighting more with frustration than anything else. Not only the unexpected, but the undeserved. I'm sure there was a moment Where Mary was thinking, why me? I'm sure there was a moment when Mary was going, why my world? 
Why me? Has there ever been a moment like that for you? Where you've said, why me? Why am I the one going through this? Why am I the one? I've done A, B, and C, and now all of a sudden, this happens in my life. Why me? When the angel came, he actually said highly favored, which means in the Greek, haven't been given grace or haven't been treated graciously. God treated Mary with grace. This is what God does in the unexpected. God treats us with grace because this is who he is. He gives grace. He gives mercy. And you and I, we don't deserve it. We do not deserve it. What is grace? Grace is giving. Mercy is giving. Something that people do not even, they don't even deserve it. So when we say forgive people, they don't deserve your forgiveness. They deserve your wrath. But Jesus came. And Jesus gave grace to us who didn't deserve it. This is what highly favored means. And this this statement really has two parts. The first part is you have been favored because you will have this child. This will be a joyous thing. This is a future statement. You are highly favored because the future and what this will mean because you're having this baby. And the other part of it is it's a recognition again of her past because you have lived in this way. Listen. When you live in such a way that God wants to use you. That doesn't mean there will be moments that you understand. Listen, when the angel comes and says, highly favored Mary, one who has found grace, one who has found this mercy, one who I've loved, one who I've extended. You know what that usually means? You're about to go on a mission. And this mission is going to be a mission of trust and obedience. You know what the mission of trust and obedience is? Will you trust Will you obey when it doesn't make any sense? Abraham, I'm calling you to a place. I'm not telling you where. I'm just asking you to go. Moses, I'm calling you to a people. Why in the world do I think that in 2019, God is now going to abandon how he does plans and he's going to do it a little differently with me, a little different with you. It's not going to be that way. He's asking us to trust. He's asking us to trust his plan. And for people who hate randomness, for people who think accidents happen and all these things that God must not be in control because of all these things that have happened, God comes in and says, watch what I'm about to do. But you know why I don't even see it? Because I don't trust him. Because I'm fighting him. Because I think I'm undeserving. God, use somebody else. You know what Moses said? Use someone else. I can't even talk. I got a stuttering problem. Even though he was raised with the best education. When life does this, it's not only unexpected, it's not only undeserving, but it's uncomfortable. Listen. Whatever time frame this happened in life whatever came into the church at whatever happened we we need to get rid of this mindset this culture that god calls us to be comfortable that is a false doctrine there was nothing comfortable about carrying a cross so when he says take up your cross daily and follow me he's not going hey life's about to get easy He wasn't saying it to Mary either. He said, Mary, this hike that you're about to take because there's a census, which is, oh, that's so random. No, it's not. God planned it. This census that you're about to take. Oh, by the way, you got to go on a donkey. 
Oh, by the way, you're going to not find a very comfortable place to have this baby. Listen, if the very beginning when Jesus came into the world, Mary and Joseph were uncomfortable, why do we think or seek out comfortable ways to follow Jesus? I'm just, I'm just out of curiosity. I'm just, I'm just asking. Well, I don't know that I should really forgive this person. or I don't know really that I should go. It's really uncomfortable for me. It's probably Jesus then. Well, it's so convicting or so humbling to have to do these things. Well, it's probably Jesus. Well, I got to love this person and that is so uncomfortable. Well, that's Jesus. Who did Jesus love? The people that were against him. People that were pulling out his beard. The people that wanted to kill him. He loved them instead. Was that comfortable? No, it's uncomfortable. This is what he says. When the plan changes, it's going to be uncomfortable. There's nothing comfortable about this. This doesn't mean we abandon ship. This doesn't mean that we all of a sudden start doing different things. This means in this moment, when the unexpected and the undeserving happens, it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm letting you know up front, following Jesus is going to be uncomfortable because he's going to ask you to do things that you don't understand. He's going to ask you to trust him when it's going to be hard to trust him. It's not always going to be black and white. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be about the money. It's not always going to be about the location. It's sometimes going to be just the voice of the Lord and just the peace of the Lord. And this is what I know. It doesn't make sense on paper and it might be uncomfortable. Yet this is the call in following Jesus. And we give people a disservice by saying, come follow Jesus. It's going to be easy. He said, wide. Wide is the path that most people are choosing, but narrow is the gate. Narrow. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be tough. It's going to be, and, and here's hear what I'm saying. It, <laughs> it's going to be difficult and tough. Not like you didn't have my coffee today. Uncomfortable. <laughs> not like, seriously, the, the, the TVs are flickering. No, not like that uncomfortable. Like Mary uncomfortable. Like unknown. Like fear uncomfortable. Listen, if every single day of my life, there is not a moment where I have to trust God with what I'm about to do, then I'm living more with me in control and not him. If, if I'm the one who's deciding, then maybe the question should be, who is really in control? Because it's super easy to go, oh, Jesus, you're in control of my life until the unexpected happens. It's super easy between 7 and 9 a.m. to be like, Jesus, this is awesome. And then the traffic shows up. And then the people come out. You know, you know the easiest part of your morning should be, should be waking up, brushing your teeth, hopefully, fingers crossed, taking a shower, eating coffee, whatever it is, on your way to work, all of that moment, right? All of that time frame, whatever that looks like for you, is a preparation moment for what's about to happen. So what you listen to on the way matters. What you say on the way matters. What you do when you get up matters. Why? Because it's all preparing you for the unexpected. And if you say, I got this day figured out. 
Listen, this is the only thing we have today. Today is amazing because it's the only thing we have. We don't have yesterday. We don't have tomorrow. This is the only day we have. So every single day when I'm waking up, what you do in the car matters. What you say in the car matters. What you prepare your heart to do in the car matters. What you're doing before the unexpected matters. It's not random. What Mary did before the the angel showed up mattered. Why did it matter? Because he opened up with highly favored. Why? Because it's what she did before the announcement that mattered. How are you preparing for the unexpected? Because here, what I'm about to say, not as doom and gloom, but the unexpected will happen. It will happen. It may not be an angel at your bed announcing that you're about to have a son. Could be. I have to throw that out there. Some of you, you're like, oh, Lord Jesus, no. <laughs> I think the bigger part of that story is not that the angel showed up and said that, but that Elizabeth was also pregnant. Like, I find that most fascinating. And, oh, by the way, Elizabeth, your cousin, who's old, is having a baby. I mean, I would have been like, say what? Like, what just happened? The unexpected just happened. How are you going to respond to the unexpected? How are you going to respond? Last clip, real quick. How low can you get giving Chris Kringle a parking ticket on Christmas Eve? What's next? Rabies shots for the Easter Bunny? Santa, hold on. Can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, if you make it quick, Santa's got a little get-together he's late for. Okay. I know you're not the real Santa Claus. What makes you say that? Just out of curiosity. I'm old enough to know how it works. All right. But I also know that you work for him. I'd like you to give him a message. Shoot. I'm Kevin McAllister, 671 Lincoln Boulevard. Do you need the phone number? No, that's right. Okay, this is extremely important. Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. No toys, nothing but Peter, Kate, Buzz, Megan, Linny, and Jeff. And my aunt and my cousins. And if he has time, my Uncle Frank. Okay? Okay. See what I can do. Thanks. Wait, hold on a second. My elf took the last of the candy canes home to her boyfriend. That's okay. No, 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 don't be silly. Everybody sees Santa's got to get something. Here, pull out your little paw there. There you go. Don't spoil your dinner. I won't. Thanks. I won't spend a lot of time on this because Casey's going to come up, but your, your perspective will change when the unexpected happens. What you deemed as important will no longer be important. Think about this for a moment. What mattered to Mary once that announcement happened? Her marriage plans, gone. Where she was going to live in, gone. The next two years of her life, the fear that she was feeling because every two-year-old and under was being slaughtered, the fear on the run, being on the run, everything she was about. Highly favored Mary. Hey, highly favored Mary. The blessed woman. Here's what you're about to endure the next two years of your life. And oh, by the way, Between 33 and 34 years old, your son's going to die for the world. I think your perspective changed. I think there was a great reminder 
that my life is not my own. Hear what I'm about to say. God interrupted our plans. He does not interrupt his plans. How do I live my life? How do I respond when my life is interrupted? My plans interrupted. What I thought should be interrupted. Your perspective is going to change when that happens. And what's going to come out of that is what really matters. Because Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May it be just as you said. See, listen, in your confused, afraid state, don't be driven by confusion and fear. Be driven by the fact that you can have faith in God. Be driven by the fact that the God of the universe has a plan for your life. And it's going to look a little different than your plan. But he can be trusted with his plan. And may we respond. Listen, I'm, I'm sharing something with you that is my number one struggle. My number one struggle. My wife would jump up here real quickly on the stage and tell you my number one struggle. I wouldn't even have to look at her. She'd know. I do not respond well. I do not react well when unexpected things happen. When things of confusion happen. Man, I'm horrible. My facial expressions. It is the top of my prayer list. God, would you make me be a may, may it be whatever you just said happen. May it be as your will. Let your will be done. May it be. God, let your will be done. May it not just be a prayer. May it turn to a lifestyle. That I want to be a person that trusts you. When it doesn't make sense. That trust you when my life is, when I'm fearing for the future. That I can trust you with the plan. And it's not always going to make sense and you're not always going to like it. But this is what it comes down to. Do you trust God? Some of you, you might need to take a two hour trip today. You by yourself in the car and find out how you respond in the middle of traffic. In fact, I would go between 8 and 9 a.m. tomorrow morning on 270. There's a reason it loops, right? (laughs) It's a faith test. How do you respond when the unexpected happens? Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? I asked if Casey would just sing this simple chorus. And I'm asking that we as a church make this our prayer. And it's just, you can have it all, Lord, every part of my world. That's the statement. That's the declaration. It's us saying, God, I trust you. You can have every part of my world. Jesus, thank you for every person in this room. God, so many of us have experienced the unexpected. We've experienced the worst phone call we've ever gotten. We've experienced the the hiccups, the randomness. But God, we know that you have a plan. And it's a plan to work whatever it is that's happening in our life for our good. And God, you can take tragedy and you can bring triumph. You can take mourning and you can turn it into gladness. God, you can do things that only you can do. So this is not us avoiding. This is us saying we trust you. We trust you with your plan. We trust you with your will for our lives. God, we know 
that your plans are greater. God, would you help us to live this thing out in the name of Jesus?